Welcome to Chasing Hermes, the pursuit of Mercury, with your hosts, Sean and Jason. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Chasing Hermes. I'm Jason. I'm Sean. Yeah, we're back after a little bit of a hiatus. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, you want to tell everybody why why we were off the air for a couple of weeks here? I I just I was feeling under the weather. I was really sick and had a cold and was coughing up some really nasty stuff, and it uh, just wasn't going to work to be in front of a microphone. Well, it happens to the best of us, evidently. And um, well, thought you were the best. Now of we're us. back. Ah, uh, you're the best. <laughs> no, you're the best. Okay, fine. Oh, but I do wish that I would have had some way to have recuperated much quicker. Yeah, I mean, you'd think with all this knowledge that uh, we've been exploring in the last while, it would be something that could just bring you an abundance of, of health, right? Of course, we all know that it was probably because of an evil demon warlock that was casting circles and throwing arrows my way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would have no way of knowing, right? True, but I'm yeah. sure you could listen to another episode of Chasing Hermes to find out details of said warlock. Yes, yes. But I don't think that episode is prerequisite knowledge for, for what we're going to talk about today. So recently, in previous podcasts, we've talked about how the hermetic documents resurfaced in Europe in the 14th and 15th century. And for a while, hermeticism was all the rage. And uh, it really brought a lot of attention to this one aspect of hermeticism called alchemy. I'm sure everybody's heard of alchemy. We know that it is about turning lead into gold and that it's basically been superseded by a more modern sciences. Let me put it that way. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not a valid course of study. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, it is proto-chemistry, basically. Alchemy was the practice of the perfection of matter, derived from other hermetic practices. And in this journey of how to discover ways of perfecting matter, uh, these alchemists were manipulating various forms of matter in its various stages. And this is what eventually evolved into chemistry around the time of Newton, I would say. Who was also an alchemist. Who was also deeply an alchemist. I think some of his um, journals, uh, he expressed that he was more an alchemist than any other form of scientist. Yeah, I wonder where you heard that first. Hmm. Hmm, hmm. These these podcasts are so darn educational. I, they are, they are. And circular, too. <laughs> uh, now, this isn't to say that for everyone, alchemy was completely replaced and superseded by a greater form of, of practice known as chemistry. Nay, I say. Alchemy still stands on its own for those who uh, want to explore the mysteries of nature. So by examining the alchemical processes and how they relate to, say, the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, uh, we can equate the lessons that one is supposed to acquire or the, the spiritual evolution that one is supposed to undergo through this journey of alchemy. What you're expressing here is that you can't really separate the philosophy of alchemy from the practice of alchemy. Yes, and in practicing 
uh, physical, practical alchemy. You really are performing many of the same uh, operations that you would in a chemical laboratory. However, you're doing so under a very specific and specialized philosophical system. Uh, and you can, as hopefully we'll learn today, use these processes to create very powerful medicines. Mm. So I've lined up a couple of props here. I've got my beaker and my burner and a uh, mortar and pestle uh -huh. and uh, a few other instruments that I thought we might uh, tinker with today. I have to say I'm not really an accomplished alchemist. I'll, I'll just put that on the table as well, right next to the implements we've got here. But uh, I was hoping to uh, change that today. Sure. Well, we'll uh, go over some of the stuff and hopefully we'll yeah. both learn something today. Please teach me, Master. <laughs> I've also got a fine bag of herbs here. Yep, yep, good, good amount, mm -hmm. yes. It's some uh, echinacea leaves that I've gathered here and uh, dried. Actually, I bought them at the store, but uh, you okay with those? They're, they're good? Yeah, that's good. That's good for colds, and so normally this is an herb that you might take uh, if you were trying to boost your immune system and, and prevent yourself from, from getting a cold. My mom is really into that. Good for her. So we have the physical herb here. Um, is there anything spiritual about this bag? I mean, should I should I be feeling something when I'm handling this bag at all, or is it just stuff? Ultimately, I mean, to the to the hermeticist, um, all matter is spiritual. Yet it it just hasn't been elevated to its highest spiritual potential. We could take the herb as it is, maybe in capsule form, and, and hope that our digestive system would, would integrate the medicine of the herb into our, into our bodies. Or we could look to the Emerald Tablet of Hermes to try to decipher ways and formula uh, to perfect this herb, to perfect the medicine and spiritualize it to its highest potential. Ah, I like that. Okay. So... There's the medicinal properties of the herb itself, mm -hmm. and it has a sort of vibrational counterpart as well. Correct. Ah, so all we've got to do now is prepare this bag of herbs oh. um, into a, a stronger representative of those spiritual properties, right? We have to break down the herb. In, in all things alchemical, there's a separation process, a purification uh -huh. process, and a recombination process. Remember, solve right. et coagula. To solve and coagulate. Exactly. Yes. So what we have to do to this substance, just as we do to the human soul in spiritual alchemy, is we have to separate out of what we see in this herb here, and we have to separate out the essential salt, mercury, and sulfur, or the three alchemical essences of this plant. And these are the three essential elements of what truly makes this herb here echinacea, as opposed to, say, a jelly bean, right? So through these alchemical processes, we will be uh, breaking down this substance. We will be deriving its true, true alchemical essences. We will purify those, and then those will recombine to form our very powerful medicine. Hopefully along the way, we'll learn how to apply these to our own spiritual alchemy. Ah, okay, so as I'm pounding away at this pound of herbs, I'll, I'll actually be doing something to myself at the same time. That's what you're saying. Sure, yeah, definitely. Ah. All right, okay, let's get pounding. It's like a meditation. It's moving meditation. Ah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, the first process in alchemy, according to the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, is calcination. Do you know what that uh, is attributed to on the Emerald Tablet? The part that says that its father is the sun? Yes, its father's the sun. Calcination is the process of reducing the substance by fire. Okay, so what we're going to do here to this herb is we're going we're gonna to grind it up and then we're going to roast it. The, the idea here is that through the power of fire, we can destroy all of the things in this substance here that is not essential. Because if it can be destroyed by fire, it is not part of its essential body or its alchemical salt. Sorry, are you okay if I grind while you talk here? Sure, sure. Okay. Go, go ahead and grind. So spiritually, we could understand this process of breaking down by fire as representing sort of a breaking down of the fixed patterns within the rational and emotional mind, right? See, just as right. we are breaking down the substance into what's essential, so too can we burn away all those things within our minds and in our, in our emotions that aren't really essential to who we are, right? There's a lot of things that go on in our heads and in our hearts that are just sort of accidental. They're there perhaps to ponder the events of the day, but they aren't really the root of our being, would you say? Yeah, it's a really introspective process to keep grinding like this. Can't wait to set fire to it, though. So so how does this relate to the father as a son? I mean, where's, where's the connection there? Well... In this process, the sun obviously would represent the fire that burns away, um, just as the sun illuminates the darkness, right? So as the sun shines in, we get to see illuminated all of the things around us that there are. So one way to understand the spiritual sense of what's going on would to understand this process of the sun as being one of uh, a type of metacognition or an introspection, right? This is uh, an amazing power that humans have to have thoughts about their thoughts or emotions yeah. about their emotions, right? This is the self-evaluation. And this process of self-evaluation or self-illumination is the, the process whereby we can truly uncover the seed of our essence that will lie within the ashes that are the end product of this process. Just as within the ashes of this herb here, we will derive the alchemical salt of the herb. Okay, can I put fire to it now? Yeah. All right, okay, here we go. Nice, okay. So while this is burning, how can I relate this to things that might be going on in my actual life? Like, what's what does calcination feel like to somebody who's going through it? Because there is this element of, of how what we're doing to the herb and what we're doing to this plant alchemy um, represents processes that also go on in our own lives. There's a sort of analogy there, right? Well, I mean, many times people represent this process as, as some, somewhat of a painful process. You know, just as the fire that burns can be painful, so too can this introspection be painful, right? If, if you, you have to start deliberating about your beliefs or your thoughts or your emotions, uh, many times this helps to uncover uh, a lot of shortcomings in ourselves. We mm. have to be willing to let go of the things that the fire is trying to strip away from us that's holding us back, right? And 
you know, one way that I see this, the reason why the process of calcination can seem so painful is because what is being stripped away is oftentimes things that we want to hold on to. So it's like we keep reaching into the coals of the fire and burning ourselves. And if we would learn to, you know, just let go, allow the fire to burn away the things and, and understand that if it can be destroyed through this process, through the fire, then it really isn't a part of who we truly are. Right, I can see that. Um, as these things are burnt away from you, you are becoming a lot more aware, you're becoming a lot more illuminated of who you truly are. And that's probably where the light of the sun enters into this process. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. And we can see the sun then as, in this sense, representing the active mind or the, the rational mind. This would be the, you know, the frontal cortex of the brain. And so, in, in many of these processes, we'll see this relationship between the active mind and the passive mind, or the emotional self and the rational self. And as this active mind begins to self-reflect, um, so too, just like the sun, will illumination occur within us. And we kind of become aware that we are aware that we are aware kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, it's a, a okay. deepening sense of self. So how's that herb doing? Yeah, I think it's done. It's 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 smoking. Smoking. All right. So yeah. what what you're going to want to do now is you are going to want to grind up these ashes. And we're going to move right. on to the next stage of our alchemical process, and that is the stage of dissolution or the process of dissolving. Okay, so mm -hmm. what we need to do is we need to separate out from this ash the true alchemical salt of our echinacea, or its, its true essence of body. Now, the way we're going to do this is through a solution medium of water, in this case, and we're going to dissolve these ashes in the water. Okay, so just you're going to want to pour those ashes into the water. Okay. Right, and you see as you do this, the ashes are going to separate. Oh, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, it gets all muddy and gray oh, and separates okay. out, right? And you're going to shake There's this. no way I'm drinking that. <laughs> well, thankfully, this isn't our medicine, all right? It looks like some really bad Chinese tea. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend uh, no. chugging that. It's, it's not very quaffable. But wh what's going on here is a further breaking down of the artificial structure of the herb from the essential structure. All right, see, there are parts of these ashes that can dissolve in water. And there's parts of these ashes that will, as you will see here, settle to the bottom. Oh, yeah, it's kind of kind of falling to the bottom now. And, and But there's some really fine dust and stuff that's on the surface now. Exactly, and some of this finer dust, this finer ash, is, is going to be dissolved in water, just as, you know, salt dissolves in water. And yep. this further breaking down is literally separating out the more subtle salts that can be dissolved from these heavier dross matter that's going to fall to the bottom. So this refers to the Emerald Tablet when it says its mother is the moon, right? Yeah, so the moon, again, here representing this this lunar or watery current. So that's how it's easy to see how, how water is involved uh, with the moon, just as the tides of the ocean are affected so too did ancient man attribute, you know, moon to the waters. 
So the waters of this lunar force are going to help us wash away the attachments that are clinging to the dross. You know, so spiritually we could see this as, you know, as we enter the subconscious realm, the stripping away of old belief patterns and, and old patterns of life which, which aren't doing us any good. And the waters of our subconscious of our, or our passive mind is washing that away. So it's similar to the calcination stage in that it's trying to separate yes. the, the dross from the from the subtle. Yes. Um, but in this case it's less chaotic, am I right? It's more of a it's more of a slow kind of um, ebbing and flowing type of experience. Exactly. Whereas the solar process of calcination was a very active process spiritually, it, it, it is that active rational deliberation of the self. This process of disillusion is much more passive, and again, it's it's sort of the uncovering of these these deeper-seated natures through our dreams, through our visions, through our emotions. Um, these are the things that we have to deal with as they come to the surface through dissolution, um, that sometimes when we resist the process of dissolution, get buried deep, deep inside of us. So it's kind of like the process continues even after the day has ended, even after the sun has gone down. It goes all the way into the night, whereas before it was more of a day consciousness type of operation, and now it's more of a night consciousness operation. Exactly. And, and ultimately what we're trying to do here is we're trying to give birth to a new self, a new yep. sense of, of, of being, of who we truly are connected to our higher divine nature. And so just as uh, the solar process of calcination provided the seed of that self here buried deep within the ashes, um, this process of dissolution, it, it's as if it provides the egg that is hidden under these passive waters. And this egg will later be germinated in order to give rise to this new sense of self. It's so interesting how how the process that we're doing here, right here on the table, are analogous to processes that we go through very deep down in our own souls and in our psyches, and how, how we can reflect on one and the other. As I'm dissolving these herbs now, I can reflect on the same type of processes I've gone through in my life. And I can even I can externalize my interior process, right, and help me get along, help me move along the 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 progression as it were Am I right? yeah and there's lots of debate along those lines as to whether or not the true discovery of the philosopher's stone was a uh, physical product or if it was the spiritual result of the meditations that inevitably occurred during these alchemical processes in in the laboratory so we find ourselves as alchemists who perform this laboratory work as undergoing the spiritual counterpart to the physical process. Have you ever had the experience that there's a certain physical stage in your alchemy that you can't get through until you've made the appropriate changes in, in your own thinking about that same process? Yeah, I think there's many instances where, you know, we can see either we may feel, you know, maybe energy blockages. I know for myself, as an example, there were certain times in my spiritual development where I would experience these heat rashes in different parts of my body, 
or numbness in other areas. And later, this was, you know, worked out as uh, a deepening of the alchemical processes were were explored. So you had to overcome these things in order to progress in your physical alchemy work. Yes, yeah, so as in yeah. all things alchemical, it requires a, a purity. And, and as we say uh, in the beginning of the Emerald Tablet, the things that are above are as the things which are below, and the things which are below are as the things which are above. To accomplish the miracle of the one thing. Likewise, the spiritual aspect does have a physical counterpart in the body. And so you'll, you'll hmm. notice these uh, parallels as, as you do these works. Okay, I think, I think these ideas are starting to settle, as are the ashes, actually. Excellent. Yeah. So what's essential here to move on past the stage of dissolution is that we have to allow these waters, these cleansing waters, to allow for a reprogramming of the self. See, we get so wrapped up in this automatic behavioral patterns that occur based on old ideas of of who we think we are or old ideas that we cling to. And so the the passive mind or the lunar mind is that part of ourselves which is sort of our autopilot. So it's only through the stage of dissolution where we can finally break down that programming and then allow through this this new egg uh, a new sense of self to emerge. When you put it like this, it sounds almost as if alchemy is almost like a controlled identity crisis <laughs> well isn't that what it is to be human i mean <laughs> more or less controlled i would say right i mean ultimately we we're born into this world and we're given our identities um our bodies uh, give us beliefs about our own limitations but through a spiritual awakening we get glimpses of some sort of divine eternal nature but now this identity crisis occurs you know what part of me is divine and what would that mean and what part of me is more animalistic or material and what does that mean so it, it very much is a spiritual identity crisis and it's hopefully through these processes that we'll understand who we truly are in other words what part of ourselves is essentially who we are and what part is merely accidental or non-essential. I think one of the key questions that we have to ask ourselves whenever we're trying to do something like this, whenever we're trying to produce some sort of miracle, which is essentially what we're what we're trying to do here right on the table, right? Um, is if this works, what does that actually make of me? Right. If I'm able to produce something out of this, if I can find loopholes in the fabrics of matter, what else can I do? If these things that I hold for material and true and, and solid, if these turn out to be permeable by my mind or by my will or by some miraculous means, what other things that I hold for, for true and solid in my life are not? What other things are not fixed stars on my firmament? Yeah, ultimately you are becoming aware of the illusion of limitation, the illusion yeah. of the boundaries that we place upon ourselves. And, and what's vital to understand is that you must come to the understanding that we are not bound and limited in the way of the illusion because that is the only 
path that will lead you to accept your divine nature. Identity crisis? Here I come. <laughs> uh, can we move on? Yes. All right. So now let's see. What do we got? So we've calcinated the raw material and we've burnt them to ashes and now we've poured water on those ashes and uh, it's settled nicely now. Uh, most of the gross stuff is on the bottom and everything else looks kind of murky. So how can we how can we clean up this mess that we've got here in the jar? All right. Well, what we have now is our product of calcination. We have our product of dissolution. Now we have to bring them to the next stage of the solve, which is the stage of separation. All right. Now that we have dissolved our seed and uncovered the egg, we have to remove these essential elements from the dross or from all this unessential, all this dark gray stuff here at the bottom. This is the dross that was preventing this matter, or this echinacea, from achieving its, its full spiritual potential. So now we have to oh, okay. separate these components. So what you're going to do is you're going to break out your, your filter paper there, your coffee filter. Check. All right, and you can put that mm -hmm. on a new jar. And then what we're going to do is to filter, in this case, the water through the paper. Okay. What you're going to find through the process of separation is a, a further separating of the dross from the essential salt that gets carried in the water. See, if you remember, our seed or our, or our essential salts were locked and contained in the waters of dissolution. So those waters are going to freely pass through our filter and all of the earthy dross is going to stay behind. So what I'm going to end up with in the end, from this one glass of um, murky waters, I'm going to have one glass of slightly less murky waters and one coffee filter full of uh, wet ashes. Yes, all mm. that gross stuff, which... I feel so spiritual right there. <laughs> Right, but see now, look how clear the waters at the bottom are compared to how they were be to begin with. Yeah, that's true. Right, so before we had this gunky, nasty stuff, and now you get a milky white substance, slightly gray. Mm -hmm. And But that contains, now we know, our salts, the essential part of those ashes that were the product of the burning or the calcination. What's the difference between the essential salt that is dissolved in the water and the sort of dross salt that is in the filter? Well, we say that this dross is the, the dead earth, right? So it's not... Oh, that's like the dead head? Is exactly. The it's the dead head. Mm. So it, the salts are what can be washed away and carried with the lunar waters. Everything else is just the dead earth that was merely there to provide a matrix to house the essentials. So now we're going to cast those away for the sake of this demonstration, and we're going to now end our separation process with a much cleaner, more refined essence of salt that has been extracted from that dead matter. So now that I filtered out the essential salts into this glass of water, um, and I have left the dead head behind, and we can discard that, right? Um, what does this represent on on a personal level, like if this were me, if this process were me, what would I be feeling? What would I be experiencing if I underwent this separation state? Well, one way to understand is, is keep in mind of what we've been doing up to this point, right? Through, through calcination yeah. and the solar process, we were becoming more in tune with our rational self. So we could see 
our thoughts or our active mind as a tool that we use rather than something that we are. Similarly, in the dissolution stage, we were becoming more in tune and aware of our passive mind or the subconscious aspect of our emotional self because it was through the awakening of that emotional self during that same self-reflection we became aware of how our unconscious mind was yet again a tool rather than something that we were because it's what was providing sort of this this programming or this intuitive awareness of where we were going in our lives but it also was locking away a lot of hidden pain or a lot of hidden non-essential parts of our being so separation is viewed as the product of having undergone these two stages and further divided and awakened our awareness of this dual part of our nature, our active mind and our passive mind. So what we find in separation is that many people who normally are dominant in their active mind become aware of their passive unconscious mind for the first time. Likewise, people who are very passionate or emotional or very intuitive, but they don't have very strong, active, rational, deliberative powers, they become aware, sometimes for the first time, of this keener sense of self through active self-deliberation. So it's a bit of a self-equilibration as well, where you awaken faculties in your mind that otherwise you weren't really using. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I've had that experience, definitely, and I've seen it in many other people as well. It, it can be quite remarkable and quite, um, quite the awakening, I would say. Right, and so to go along with our initial analogy, um, which isn't perfect by any means, but it's as though the seed of illumination is, is able to combine with this egg of submission within this womb of our true self, right? Our true oh, essence. Beautifully put. <laughs> so... So again, it's this ability to further separate the pure from the impure, right? Ultimately, that is what we are trying to accomplish, both here with our echinacea herb, but likewise within ourselves. Because the closer we get at the pure, and we separate that from the impure, the closer we come to providing that space or that, that vessel for the new self to emerge. So in the Emerald Tablet, the process of separation is is symbolized by the line, the wind carries it in its belly. Right, because oftentimes the, the, the separation process was attributed to air, right? Because, you know, the ancients were able to see how the air was able to separate the finer dust, say, from the heavier rocky material. And so, you know, they were able to see the power of the wind to separate the subtle from the gross or the pure for the impure. So likewise, the separation um, also provides this, this womb or the belly, just as the air carries this finer essence through it, so too spiritually does the process of separation provide this first space for our new self to emerge, the space where we have equilibrated our active mind and our passive mind, or our solar essence, the, the, our solar seed, and our lunar egg. And then to f later, in further stages that we will talk about, to recombine, to give birth to a new self. 
it, it makes sense to have this stage being air because we've kind of gone through a fire stage and then a water stage and now we're emerging into an air stage i i presume there will be an earth stage next <laughs> i presume there will and stay tuned because now we have to to allow our time for this to digest we want to perhaps perform these operations a, a, a couple more times right we can we can rectify our salts here by evaporating off this water and taking the salts that remain and we can do this process again we can recalcine them redissolve them in water and then separate them again so these three stages that we've mentioned are constantly being recycled in our spiritual awakening until we get to that point when we have truly separated the pure from the impure to such a fine degree that it becomes a viable seed and a viable womb to give birth in the further stages. Oh, okay, well, you know what? That sounds good. I think for this experiment, I'm going to want to repeat this process. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow this to just dry out, and then I'm going to burn it again, and then dissolve it again, and filtrate it again a couple of times until I'm happy. Yeah? Yes. So, so that, and that's called rectification. Rectification, yeah. So um, hopefully it will become a little bit more perfect every time, and I'll try and meditate on these uh, processes as I go through them. So shall we meet again in a couple of days' time? Yes, let's meet again, and we will see what essence we have created. Okay, all right. Excellent, excellent. You know, I really like where this is going. I'm, I'm learning a lot from this. Yeah, I wish I would have had this before I got my cold. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's bad planning on my part. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why didn't we do this episode uh, a month ago? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, hey, I'm glad you're feeling better nevertheless. And uh, it's good to have you back, John. All right, thanks, Jason. I'd like to mention that if any of our listeners have any questions up to this point, please feel free to leave them on ChasingHermes.com, and we'll try to address them as we move on further into this alchemical work. Thanks for listening. Visit our website at www.ChasingHermes.com or send us an email at info at chasinghermes.com. To inquire about the Western mystery tradition, please visit www.western-mysteries.com.